0: Underway, and I do mean under, You wonder why fund managers can't beat the S&P 500, because they're sheep, and sheep get slaughtered. We have concluded the following, because I know more than anybody, the cold winter has apparently not affected the orange part. They department. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode one of season two of Pounding the Table. I'm out here feeling a little nostalgic, Tony, because we're back in the booth and ready to take Pounding the Table to the next level here in 2021. At the end of last episode, we were wrapping things up and you said, I'm feeling pretty damn good about this year. And certainly week one, that was not just lip service. You took an early lead on me in your portfolios, but as we all know, it's not about who wins the weekly battles. It's about who wins the war, Tony, so I'm coming for you.
1: You come for me all you want, Avi. I won the war years <laughs> ago. <laughs> but hell yeah, dude, I am feeling good for this year. I mean, you did 17% on the week, which is absolutely remarkable. But like, keep in mind, I literally just had my best week overall at 25.84%, which makes no sense to me. Obviously, the markets were absolutely incredible. There were so many of our favorite sectors going insane, but context really is key here, right? So there were a lot of names that were selling off the last two weeks. Of the market, the ones that have run so, so much, those small caps that went explosive, those like specific sectors like the genomics that came down a little bit from those parabolic highs. So right then and there, you already knew that we we were going to have a little bit of correction. And it was just a matter of time for those names to come back. And they really did that the first of the year. It was incredible to see all those inflows. People were buying things left and right, all those names that we were pounding on. So happy to see that at Marlon Pieris did something cool. She combined a few lists of a bunch of great investors we respect on Twitter and uh, comparing our holdings for the year. And it's going to track them throughout the year. So happy to see that our 62 pounds are up 7.3%. And I love it because it's really similar to like how my portfolio in my fund and like my personal accounts is set up. So we've got these like the 30, 40 great names that we think, you know, between the sectors, any of those are going to be really, really great. And then we've got these 20, 25 SPACs that have no target yet sitting at NAV. So we've got a little built-in hedge there. So we might have a nice advantage in this competition, but we also have some upside explosion possibilities because as soon as any of those take off, and they will in the next 12 months, I think almost all of them will, I think we'll see some really big moves coming in that portfolio shortly. And also the s and is only up 1.8%.
0: And, and Marlon, thank you so much for doing that. That's be really cool to kind of watch. Uh, quick disclaimer on that, of course, you know, those were the stocks that are locked in
1: for, I think it was four or five investors that she put together. We're always moving stuff around, right? We're invaders. We trade, we invest. It's just what we do. So love this little friendly competition going. Love to see the best come out in people. And this is how it happens. So shout out again to Marlon P. Aris. So M-A-R-L-O-N-P-I-E-R-I-S on Twitter. Check it out if you want to follow along. That for the year could get really interesting when those specs start hitting. And the newsletter, finally, finally, finally.
0: I know for weeks I've been talking about doing this and we finally had an opportunity to sit down for a think about like, eight or nine hours yesterday we were just listening to some deep house putting everything together for you guys if you guys have not yet signed up for the newsletter still have a chance go to poundingthetablepodcast.com and click on become a pounder or you can just click the link in our twitter profile whatever's easiest for you guys
1: right obviously we've been putting together notes for weeks and weeks because we just wanted to give a nice little like pounding the table bible we might actually call this little packet that exactly because it really is it's all these names that we talk about the ones that we're still pounding the reasons why we're still pounding and if you know nothing about the names you will after reading this because we were going to make it a few pages and somehow you know we're approaching that 10 bagger status if we were aiming at two pages so hope you guys are going to enjoy that a lot but with that being said, obviously, we've been putting a lot of work into stuff like this and you know, doing the podcast every week and taking time away from you know the people we love. And we want to give a shout out to those people who are always supportive of us, even if we're just in the lab for 12 hours putting out this content. So big shout out to our girlfriends, obviously fiance, of course, our families, our friends for putting up with us, spending so much time in the lab. So we hope you guys are going to really enjoy it. But with that being said, of course, we love putting in work. We love putting in time for you guys. This is what Pounding the Table, Pound Nation is all about. And for those of you who are new to Pound Nation, Pounding the Table is a podcast by Avi Mash and Anthony Ohai and yours truly, talking about the stock market, the art of options trading. And each week, we analyze the news and provide our opinions and insights around how we think the markets will be impacted. Quick disclaimer here, everyone knows the rules, we have to say it. The thoughts on this podcast are purely that of opinion and of our own personal investments everything said on every episode of pounding the table as well as our Twitter account are not and should never be used as financial advice, recommendations or solicitation. Avi, now that that's out of the way, Let's give the people what they want.
0: Tony, we're probably gonna have to add the newsletter and some other products we'll be rolling out here to that disclaimer. So get ready to switch things up. And with that, we've actually picked the winning name for our newsletter, which we are going to commit to at least doing on a quarterly basis, kind of just kind of recapping the previous quarter. And of course, what we're looking to in the quarter ahead.
1: Absolutely, Avi, let's get a quick drum roll for naming it the quarterly newsletter, please. (laughs) Alrighty,
0: folks, we picked the Quarterly Pounder. So we actually wanted to be nice and we gave two people the winning ticket here. And so the first person was at Two Poker. They had their original idea of the Quarter Pound, which was brought to us by Benjamin Francis at Franman2787. So congrats, you two. We're super excited to get this rocking.
1: Yeah, I love that name, Bobby. I'm going to laugh at it every single time we say it. So it's going to be definitely a cool thing to add to pound the table with us in the future. So make sure to sign up and let's make this big pound nation. I mean, we're, we really put a ton of work into this one that we're doing. It's like just the Bible for 2021 and, and all of 2020 because so many names we talked about, we had to dig it in for you guys and really like pound the table on the ones that we want to. And uh, we should be sending this out in the next few days. Like we're really working on it. You know, we're going to be working on it after we record. So we hope you guys share this with all your friends, right? Like if anyone who's invested in the markets or getting into the markets, and don't really know where to start, you know, 5, 10, 20 friends, the more the merrier. Because you know, Pound Nation, the bigger it is, the better it is. I absolutely love that, Tony.
0: And really hoping McDonald's does not send us a cease and desist because we absolutely love that name. We're just out here helping people, Mickey D's. Come on. And I literally cannot believe, Tony, we're at season two. It's insane. We started this six months ago and here we are pounding the table even harder than last year. And Before we jump into the actual show, we had about 50 people probably DMing us, asking about the ending song, the one that goes pounding on the table for my team. So that's the song that we play at the end of each episode. And we actually have our first sponsor, which is an incredible CBD brand called KM Relief, which we genuinely use and love. So we'll get into that a little bit later on the show. And I also have a promo code for you guys for 50% off.
1: Yeah, I mean, and this is the cool thing about this. Like, I think a lot of people just will take, like, I don't want to take advertisements from just anyone. Like, you have to send us a product. We have to like it. We have to think it's going to be good for people who do what we do, which is trading, right? Like, sometimes we can't sleep enough. So we maybe take some CBD to calm us down, right? You got to trade during the day actively. So you got to drink Celsius. I mean, like, Celsius, holler at us. I'm down for a sponsorship. It's So that's kind of like what we're going to be doing with this. You know, I'll digress, though. We have an incredible show to kick off to you guys. So, Avi, let's get started. What do we got in the news this week that Pounders need to know? Last week was
0: a crazy start to 2021. We saw people storming into the Capitol. Unfortunately, people got hurt. Crazy times, but I guess there is some excitement here. You know, there is some stimulus now with the blue wave. Last week's Georgia elections really solidified that. And of course, that gives investors a lot more clarity into what are the fiscal policies going to be, you know, heading into 2021 and beyond. There's been discussions around the fiscal stimulus and higher taxes, but the stock market kind of responded, you know, in, in a positive way. We closed at record highs here on Friday, despite, you know, data showing that the US economy obviously suffered. There's still Corona going on. They're talking about putting out trillions of dollars. But I think what you told me, you thought was the biggest news is obviously there's no Fed interest rate hikes until 2024. So Tony, I was rambling there. (laughs) Help me break this down a little bit. What, What out of these news stories Are important for us.
1: So look, thinking about this blue wave, this, you know, Georgia runoff that went both Democratic, which now, of course, Kamala is the one that's going to be the tiebreaker. So it's clearly a a triple blue wave on all fronts. And I think I was really like, not sure about how this was going to impact the markets from here. But then I thought about it and said, well, you know, this capital gains thing could be a possibility. I don't know when it's going to be a possibility. And neither does everyone else. And even if it becomes something that happens really, really soon, there are a lot of ways that it can be like offset, right by other factors that are Part of that deal of the blue wave, right? So you got the stimulus that can happen at any time, and it's going to happen soon, right? There's nothing stopping it. You're not going to have McConnell this time to not bring it to the floor of the vote, right? It's going to have enough votes. Like it's, this thing is going to happen. So it's just a question of how big the checks are. How, you know how much stimulus goes for the small businesses to stimulate the economy. So that that's a great thing, and I think we've ripped every time that's happened, right? And you've seen, look look at IWM, like the Russell, it's gone insane, and all those value names were ripping. And and then this week, growth came in, because all these monthly first of the year inflows were just buying up stuff. There was a huge market on close every single day. So I think the market's really, really healthy here. And I think you've got a a huge, huge, the biggest piece of news by here by far is that the Federal Reserve, Evans from the Fed, said likely that we're not going to raise rates till mid 2024, Dude, we were thinking like end of 2022. This is too, like, a nut, like so much more time. It blows my mind because the markets have basically so much more to run now because of this. You're going to have dips. You're going to have this along the way. We're going to have to see how capital gains impacts the markets. But that is the single biggest piece of news you can take away from any of this. That's huge. Politics as
0: usual, just like Jay-Z said uh, this weekend as we were running through that newsletter, I started cracking up. You were literally giggling like a little schoolgirl as you started to blow your own mind. So maybe we'll have a little side episode called Pounding It Raw where we eventually bring these clips to life here. But you kept alluding to the (laughs) fact that you live your life in 4D. And this weekend you were telling me you got into 5D. (laughs) You were talking about pounding the table turning into compounding the table. So I definitely want to have you talk about that. And what I'm really interested in, you said
1: life is all about rattlesnakes, Avi. What in the world are you talking about? <laughs> Dude, I mean, this is just something I've just come to see in like a lot of discussions I have with people, a lot of things that are not known yet, but known later. It all really comes back to like rattlesnakes when you're looking at this lens of the world. Basically, you people did not know before that rattlesnakes see in infrared, like thermal vision. People just didn't even know. Like you would assume that the rattlesnakes see exactly how we see, but- we clearly have the technology now we have the smarts the wherewithal the understanding of like, anatomy in our own bodies and other like species that we know that they see in infrared and they see things that we can't see and we could not see that they see that way until we had the tools and the technology to be able to right so that is something it just blows my mind like a lot of these companies we talk about it's like it's rattlesnakes until people start seeing infrared too because these things have the potential to do so much crazy things, we don't always know what it is. We don't know the color we're gonna see, but we know it's rattlesnakes. And to go in further, it's like, it happens to everything that you do in your life, really. Like things that you learn, you learn at different levels and eventually things click, right? Like I didn't understand compounding to the degree that which I understand compounding now because I made 25% this last week on my account. Obviously, granted the context, I was down a little bit before the beginning of the year, this and that. But regardless, the numbers still make like sense for this idea. That is a third of what I made last year. That is the beauty of compounding. And I like always thought about it. like Mathematically, of course, it makes sense. But I'm pounding the table on compounding because I think that once you experience it in that sense, it's just, why would you ever buy a coffee, Avi? when that coffee could become a Tesla in like 10 years, right? It blows my mind. You could buy a Starbucks, Tony. Right. You could buy a Starbucks. So rattlesnakes now show me to compound the table. That's how it is.
0: It reminds me of my time living in Costa Rica. There was these Fertilance snakes that had these heat-seeking missiles essentially on their jaws. So you are that uh, Fertilance, that rattlesnake with that heat-seeking missiles on all of these stocks. So Genomics. We always talk about genomics. This week is huge. We got JP Morgan's Healthcare Conference, some big target acquisitions for the genomic biotech stocks, some of our SPACs, of course, that are going to be popping here shortly. Are there any specific genomics companies
1: that you're excited for or any SPACs that we have that you think potentially could have a target after this week? I mean, there's 13 companies from Cathy's ArcG presenting at this conference, and there's a ton of startups, a ton of random other companies like This is like the place for that to all happen. So if you're going to get a target on these like genomics or like healthcare and med tech kind of SPACs that are coming out now, I think it's going to happen right after this, like in the next month after it, because they're going to see, right, like, you if you go to the store, you want to look at the aisle, you want to compare your items, right? If you, if you can't see what's the difference between the two things you're comparing, or even know that that exists, right, you're going to wait to see make sure you know you pick the right thing. So I think that for me is like, you know, I haven't really been super, super loading the ones that we've been talking about the CMLF, HSU, but you know, this time, I'm really thinking that they're going to be huge in the next month or so after the conference, I just don't know when. And also, I mean, there's a lot of news happening around genomics, right? I've never pounded the table on anything as hard as I did genomics Last week and look what it did this week is one of the best weeks ever for genomics. You want to know why? Because there's not enough genomics companies to go around. There's a ton of money that's starting to wake up and get smart and realize that if you put a value on it, you're an idiot. And there's people who are believing in this to the degree that there's companies like Softbank throwing five percent stakes into PAC B, which is a stock that Kathy was loading at like four or five, and it's now like almost 40. Right. Like they they develop, design, manufacture sequencing systems to resolve genetically complex problems. So this is all just genomics talk, right? Like it's, it's a huge thing because there's just not that many public companies. There's so many private companies not on the market that as these things get bigger and they go to the market and people start noticing them, You'll see that this is like gonna be that that EV like craze where everyone's buying the, the next big thing, the next big thing. And and I don't think that's gonna stop for a long time because this is gonna be the industry that changes our lives actually. And
0: of course, once companies do get that infusion of cash, they can just accelerate what they've already been doing. So as you mentioned on the last episode, the passion was oozing, Tony. And I couldn't stand behind that more. Health is certainly wealth. And Tony, you've taught me a lot, you know. Many of the Tony's rules, as we've discussed on last episodes, but your man Avi's got a few of his own rules (laughs) up his sleeve as well. Mine, Zig, one other Zag. I think that's one of your favorites that I've mentioned. So you wanted to talk about China in this capacity. Obviously, with the new admin coming in, you've seen that China crackdown, of course, with Ant Financial, and you've seen
1: Baba kind of tanking of late. So why are you zagging here? When you see somebody go back and forth 10 times, they're not going to make the tough decision. Like they don't have the guts. These guys don't even need to have the guts. This was Trump with the last attempt, you know, all that was happening out. He wanted to show strength against China. I get it, but Biden is not going to be that way. Like they're not going to delist Baba, in my opinion, if they do whatever, call me wrong. I don't think I'm going to be wrong. Like this is just one of those situations where everyone's in those EV stocks, right? People are just starting to figure out the weed stocks. Like, they didn't know where to look. They were still buying Aurora cannabis. Like, they have understood what the market really is instead of just the crap everyone's talking about. But China to me is like, you see, Baba is on. Baba might get off. Baba's on. Baba might get off. Like, you see this happening to like all the other, like, in large aggregate on NYOC doing the too. So, that's not going to happen, in my opinion. Biden's not going to let that happen. Like, that's going to piss a lot of people off. And I think that that's why I've been buying all these China names in the dip. Like I've been buying Baba, I've been buying Futu, I'm buying Dada, I'm looking at other names too, because this to me, like, you know, and one we're going to talk about here, actually the thesis pick is another one I've been loading. Because this is one of those situations where, what do you, you think is going to happen? It's like the world's biggest economy crushing it. That's not going away. Like, BABA is everywhere. These Chinese companies are going to get bigger and bigger over time, and they're not going to stop. You're not going to be able to stop it. So I'd rather be along for the ride when everyone else is running away from them because they're scared of ADRs, which I made a ton of money on in the last year. Like, I'm in. I'm long. Got a ton of BABA calls. Yeah.
0: When there is blood in the water, the sharks will attack and... Maybe snakes too. Tony, you are now a zoologist. We will add that to the list here. (laughs) I call it, yep. We are getting a ton of questions though in our DMs recently from folks kind of asking about this concept of being an invader. You know, and an invader, of course, is someone who is not only a trader, but also an investor, right? And so, Tony, I know you wanted to talk to Pound Nation a little bit more about this. And can you be both? I know there's people that are investors, I know that people are traders. I know you are an invader.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the And markets are there for everyone, right? Like it depends on who you are, like your risks, your goals, your desires for the year, how much time you spend in front of your screen, how much you care about if you make or lose money, how much it'll hurt if you make or lose money or help. So those are all factors to consider. And the only person that can answer all that for you is yourself. But apart from that, everyone has their own styles, right? So we talk about this compounding factor. That's the big uh, long-term investing guys. Like they get that benefit of compounding if they continue to move into high CAG or growth like names and, you know, all that. And that is their bread and butter. For me, like I got a lot of itches. I got a scratch. So I always started as an options trader. Like that was my thing. I options traded for five years before I ever touched a stock, right? And obviously, as you know, I was born in like 2004. So that's pretty much my whole life I was trading <laughs> options. So I don't really have a choice but to be an invader. I just know that actually it's better over time. But, but that, that's just because what I've learned is to teach myself to make sure it's that way. But I always do it only on things that I'm long-term investing in. So that's kind of where the discrepancy I think people might not understand is, I don't just trade crap. I only put my money in stuff that is good that I believe in. So maybe I think that I believe in two companies. I believe in one a lot more than the other, but the other one's set up great for me to make money on in the short term. Okay, I'll do that. I'll trade that. I'll make money on that and I'll put it into something I want to hold even more. So that is what I do, right? So I can like the stock, but not the company as much as another company and that stock. Like for instance, Celsius, dude, I'm drinking one right now. I actually cracked open for the first time. Cola, Celsius, the sparkling cola. It actually tastes like Coca-Cola. I thought it was going to taste like crab. This is incredible. So like- That's a free ad, even, by the way. Yeah, we're not even getting paid for this, <laughs> but I just got to like say like, dude, I went to Publix at my like local Key West Publix, every single Celsius, it was like a huge crate in the middle of it. Like one of those huge like, you know, food store crates buy one, get one free. I went the next day. It was full that day. They just put it on the next day sold out. I had to get the cola it was the last one and the cola is damn good. So this is like incredible. That makes me want to buy more Celsius because not only a, am I a customer B, I see that the, like the grasp they have on the entire market. Right. And like for that to get down here in Florida, like I know that it is in Boca, right. So it's not that far from here, but there's so many people in Florida that are drinking it now that for me, it's just, it's the perfect thing. The health trend with a good tasting drink, small market cap, good numbers, big growth. Like I like the stock and I like the company. So I'm holding that long-term, right? But if it gets a big dip, I'm gonna load a bunch more, trade that little portion of it, sell it, and then keep my core. So that's what I, we call by invaders, right? Like I, I do hedging too. I do like downside put protection. I sell call spreads. There's just a ton of different random words that I don't know if you even know, Avi. I'm just kidding. I know you know them now, but exactly <laughs> I have about right. Six like words we're, in total. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, but we're, we're invaders. So that that's the thing for me. Like I, I like that, and everyone can have their own style. I hope. I mean, we do stuff for both sides of it, but that's what we mean when we say that. For those of you who don't like, really, you know, we, you you asked, so we here it is. I love the analogies, Tony. And,
0: and here at Pounding the Table, we love table analogies. And we couldn't be hungrier headed into 2021. And so I'm ready to sit down and eat some spaghetti and
1: meatballs or spaghetti and cheese, whatever it takes. Uh, those were such good comments yeah, we had. It was hilarious. But I know we talk a lot about SPACs. And it's because it's just such an incredible opportunity in our opinions right now, right? Like, you know, the $10 floor price that we talk about, right? That you get it back with interest before the merger. So it's like you got a limited downside. Market's really high, really frothy. You know, anything can happen. Monkey wrenches come out of nowhere. So I'm always keeping a big portion of my portfolio. And I know you are too in these SPACs, right? And even that list that we posted on Twitter, that's got about a third of it in the SPACs, which is actually like a built-in hedge, right? So you're still invested. You have that upside potential at some point. But you know your your downside is limited to whatever you know whatever over NAV you get. So it's easy math there. You know exactly what you can lose, and in the market crashes, you'll have that cash if you want to invest in those like other growth names that are down a bunch in good value. Right then, yeah, that's perfect for you. Or you can just ride them out and see what they end up becoming, what they hatch into, and whether you want to keep them or not. There, but we love that little part of our portfolio. I think I'm going to keep doing that until the trend changes, if it ever does. And I want to shout out uh SPAC track again, because I just saw this tweet that he did uh, recently. It was really, really cool to see. And it kind of confirms the theory we had of like SPACs to cash as a reserve, as a safety net, and also a potential pounding the table, banging pick, whatever it may be. So on average, 55% was the return on SPACs. On the median, it was 21% for 2020 to 2021 deals. That is amazing. But there's always some all-stars. You know, when you're playing any game, you know who the top dogs are. Pounding the table. And of course... Chamath right here. So he killed it. His average is 163%. So no wonder he took 370 million to 2.03 billion like a boss, like screw the law, large numbers. I'm going to do that one day. I want to. So that's what I got to say. I mean, there's a lot of good SPACs out there right now. We're not going to stop pounding the table on them, but we are by no means a SPAC show. It's just part of us. Yeah,
0: is getting some swag too. We can see it on the Twitter threads. You mentioned uh, NAV. I know what that is, but, you know, a lot of Pound Nation may be new to SPACs. Can to explain a little bit about what that means? I know, you know, we want to get as close to 10 and 11. Why is that?
1: Right. So there is a floor on these SPACs, right? So we talk about this a lot. We want to keep, you know, reiterating it for those people who are like, oh, I don't, you know, really don't know anything about SPACs, it's still kind of new to the market. So there's a floor set on these SPACs. Some of them are starting to be priced at different prices, but the majority, like 99% are at $10. So $10 is the amount of money you can get back if you, you know, you ask for your SPAC to be taken basically and you get interest back on that. If you don't like the deal that's gonna come before the merger happens, you can redeem your SPAC shares for ten dollars plus whatever interest it may be. So if it's trading at $11, right, your max loss is $11 minus $10 minus whatever interest for whatever time that is calculated there. So, worst thing you're going to get less than a 10% loss if the market literally goes to zero, right? That's money sitting in a blank check company. You're going to get paid back cash if nothing happens. So. That is the reason why we're pounding the table on that. And that's what NAV is, net asset value. So that's the the value of the SPAC that no matter what, you're going to get that $10 back because there's money sitting there. The next two names we're going to be discussing here are actually Chamath SPACs themselves,
0: right? And so the first one we're going to be talking about here is OPEN, which was, of course, the ticker symbol IPOB, so I-P-O-B. And we're going to be calling this little section second helpings. And that's because of course we pounded these ones before, but we love them so much. We're going up for more,
1: right? We pounded iPod literally at 11. We saw after what space did, we're not missing iPod or iPod, right? And so that 163% Chamath gain was also a pounding the table gain because the best part about investing is you don't have to just be the best yourself. There's a lot of great people out there, right? So Working together, putting your money behind the right horse is sometimes all you got to do. So I put my money behind Chamath. Like I believe in him, so I will continue to do that. Tell me someone else who crushed like him this year. So that's why I am pounding the table on Chamath so hard. But also to talk about the reason why this stock is now a second helpings for us is because somebody who we really like think has great information on the markets and does a bunch of great work, Joey Salitro talked to us about it and said, hey, look, guys, look at it one more time. And thank God he told us it because upon looking at it one more time, it became a, a super, super, super hard pound for us. So we'll talk about it for you guys. You know, we did already on the show, but let's like update what's popping with it right now. So obviously they have an unreal team throughout all over from Google, Twitter, Trulia, Netflix, Expedia, so much more. So they buy, sell, trade and finance homes. So he actually told us a story, which is what you know convinced me of it in, in a few minutes, right? So he's trying to sell a house, that house, he put a bunch of, you know, got a bunch of quotes, estimates on it from different realtors and uh, different services like this. Open Door gave him the fastest order. Open Door gave him the highest price. They had a team of people come inspect the house, like 13 contractors or whatever came through, looked through every inch of the house. And those people, he didn't have to pay for those people go there to look for if something is there to be done at the house. They get contracted jobs that the owner doesn't even have to deal with, right? Like, Open Door takes that, deducts the fees or whatever from the house's price and just sell, like, that's it. You don't have to worry about it. Consider the repairs done. And he was telling us that you can go and just do these open houses on your own, right? So they have this Bluetooth box with Bluetooth just opens the keys, right? You can just take the keys out, do an inspection of that house. There's cameras watching your every inch and every move of you. And there's no contact, right? So, how are you going to go really like want to go see a house if you have to go do it with a realtor who may or may not have COVID, right? Like, everyone's worried about that. That's in people's minds. So, if you just go in there by yourself, right? You just do an open house, you can do 10 open houses and don't have to contact anyone. You just go there, get the key out of the lockbox, walk in, check the house. Cameras are watching you, nothing's wrong. And that's it. And then, he went even further to blow my mind. And he's like, look, this company, if I want to sell this house, I could sell this house and buy another house and just trade it with them without even having to actually sell the house and buy another house. Like my dad's been trying to sell a house in Key West for like four months because it has some damages to it. So, you know, it's hard to assess exact damages and values, but like, right, if open door was here, this would take two seconds. So it's incredible. And I see the value in it from a firsthand account of it happening to my family right, right now. So I am screaming and pounding the table on open.
0: The story sounds incredible, and, and Joey had just as much passion as you just now it. I've never thought buying and selling a home could be so exciting until Joey pounded the table on this one for us. So besides an amazing story of what the company does, you know, obviously fundamentals are important, and I know you were pounding the table on, like, the growth story. So can you just tap in a little bit about what's
1: going on from their financials? Yeah, dude, in 2017, they did 700 in REV. 2018, they did 1.8 in 2019, they did 4.7, and they are crushing it now. Like, I mean, the growth is insane. They sold 3k homes in 2017, then they sold 7k, then they sold 19k, and they are just dominating. It's a huge market, right? 1.6 trillion dollar. Like, it's it's massive market that they can get into, and it's all digital, right? So you can close on your own timeline. You pay less because there's no unforeseen costs, right? The average there is 4% of the home's value. Flexible closing as fast as three days and completely contactless again, right? You don't have to touch or talk to or see anyone. It doesn't even matter. So yeah, like it's just a ton of insane things and numbers on it blow my mind as well. They said this, and this is all I needed to see. I didn't care about anything else. Our current playbook takes us to $50 billion in revenue at A 4% market share in 100 markets in the US. Unreal. This is the Amazon phase. The reason that they're not profitable is because they're just building, buying, growing, developing, and they are taking this. The faster they take this market share, right? We were pounding the table on residential real estate. The faster they take this residential real estate market and just flip it upside down, the better for them because then they have that base. Like, once again, it's all about that exponential base. So, If they make money now, they're stupid. I don't want them to. I want them to crush it for as long (laughs) as possible. I want them to own the market, put an open door slap on every house. And then, you know, the thing rides to a hundred simple. I'm giving that a a thousand percent,
0: a double pound, actually just moved uh, open door into a top five position of mine. So Jamal's absolutely a beast. He's literally knocking every single company, more or less, Outside of the park. He's like Barry Bonds. So someone's got to check if this dude's juicing or not. Uh, Another (laughs) one, too, that we're looking at here. Chamath is completely making waves. So last week was ticker symbol IPOE, which, of course, announced their massive target of SoFi. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with PSTH now, because I know that was one of the rumored targets uh, for Ackman. But yeah, let's talk about SoFi. This thing is absolutely incredible. So I'm excited about
1: it. And I know we're talking about Tremoth a lot right now, and like I'm honestly glad, right? Because when the iron's hot, you know, you you press it. So here's the thing, right? Like anything that Musk does turns to gold. He makes flamethrowers, they sell out in four seconds. Now that you could buy them on eBay, but they're like 10 times the price that he first, you know, sold them for. Same with the Tesla short shorts, the Tesla tequila, whatever you call it, dude. There are some guys who are just beasts. People just come and they listen to them talk. They are the, dude, they are the prophets of this generation in this the like- The cult leaders, like,
0: like right, they are, or something.
1: <laughs> right. And whether or not you agree with them, the fact that you can even disagree with them means you're wrong, means that it matters. Because if you're fighting against somebody that's that big, that means that they're that big that they're on your radar because they obviously have no idea who you are. So- with that being said, let's talk about SoFi, which I'm pounding the table on. We Instapounded that. So that news dropped, boom, Instapound. It's been on our list. But as soon as we saw the target, right? I, I've used SoFi. I know SoFi is a beast of a company. And that thing's going to be huge over time. So love this acquisition target. I think it's probably his strongest one yet, honestly. Besides Opendoor, this one's really second place for me. So as you said, SoFi has a suite of best in class digital solutions to help people get their money right. And I like that he said that because it's really all it is. It's a one-stop shop for a lot of these things. They've got a powerhouse of lending tools, student loan refinancing, iSchool learning, you know, personal loans, home loans, credit cards. They have powerhouses of financial services. They got SoFi Money, SoFi Invest, SoFi Credit Card. Then this is the most, 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 this is why I'm tying the table, like single most reason, like everything else is cool, la, la, la. This is I'm screaming the table on because they bought Galileo which is by far the best thing and Chamath calls this the AWS of fintech which is damn right that that provides the core banking infrastructure that powers not only Sofi but Robinhood, Chime, Dave.com, MoneyLion, many many more so Looking at the numbers here, too, 6.7 times next year's enterprise value and 1.8 times 2025 enterprise value. That's insane. This thing's got room to run. It's just on the tarmac right now. That hasn't even turned on its engines. Five-year CAGR, 43% revenue growth. Avi, I was a little hungry, but after these second helping, I was getting feeling pretty good. So why don't you grab a second helping something? What's on the menu for you? I'm hungry as a lion, Tony.
0: And that's why next up is ticker symbol NGA Lion Electric. That is not a corny intro whatsoever, but uh, our boy DJ. He gave us a while back to us, so we're coming back for that double pound, that second helping you discussing. For those of you who do not know, Lion Electrics is Canadian-based electronic bus and truck system. They currently have four different bus lines right now. They got garbage trucks, they have regular trucks, so if you think about like semi-trucks, and they already have 300 buses on the road. So, you know, they've logged 6 million miles since 2016. This is certainly not a Nikola situation. This thing is real, and what's absolutely amazing, and this is the Double pound here. Amazon and Lion Electric have entered into a master agreement for $1.1 billion in new electric truck purchases that are going to accelerate the manufacturer's plan, of course, as they ramp up that production. So, so far, and just this is important to take note, of course, they've only confirmed 10 trucks to date. However, there is that potential in the contract for 500 trucks per year all the way through 2026. And Amazon's got a seat at the table too. So they have the option to actually exercise some of these warrants that they have for almost a 16% stake in the company itself, 15.8% to be exact. Oh, and then I think there's a little Biden factor. Biden went on record saying the campaign wants to achieve 100% clean energy and zero emissions no later than 2050. He's even created this task force that's literally trying to bring in 500,000 school buses that are American-made with zero emissions alternatives in five years. So that was a big red flag for me. American-made. This is a Canadian company. However, they are actually building out a US factory that is imminent. They have massive growth from a revenue perspective, 600% revenue in 2021. By 2025, that's going to go up to 1.6 billion. So that's going to be 8x their current revenue. And looking even further, like what is that total addressable market, the TAM that we always discuss? So I didn't know the school bus market, so I had to do some research here. But the school bus market is estimated to be around 45,000 new units a year, which is valued at roughly around 10 billion. Uh, obviously, the truck section is a little bit bigger, 335,000 new units for trucks. So that's obviously much larger, about 110 billion. And Lion's current annual capacity is already able to start making 2,500 trucks and buses per year. And that's only, of course, going to grow as they bring in the U.S. manufacturer. And if you look at the investor presentation, you're going to see they have enough capacity to build out 1,800 trucks, 675 school buses by 2022. And that's next year. So this one is an absolute double
1: pound for me. Tony, can you get on board with Lion? Dude, I've been on board since 15. So yeah, I'm in. I'm pounding the table on Lion with you. Uh, And we're going to definitely try to get our boy DJ on the show next week. He's actually the person who showed us Lion, right? So he's awesome. And he's been killing it with the warrant game recently. So he's got some knowledge to spit with you guys. Um, But yeah, he told us about NGA. And actually, he told us that, you know, it's going to be on Kramer on Wednesday this week. So truly selfless act, DJ, big shout out to you. And we are pounding NGA hard. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the Pounder's
0: Thesis Pick. And this time we brought Pound Nation into the fold, Tony. You know... had a little seat at the table, give them an opportunity to get involved in the show, of course. So we got two Pounders thesis picks. Tony, I want you to walk through, give a little shout out to the folks
1: that did submit these and tell us why you like them. I'm happy that Pound Nation is really stepping up to the plate here because I don't think I've ever seen so many good thesis picks sent in, right? There were so many good ones that we were actually saving them for next week. Like we might even do like a little cool episode where you just throw 50 thesis pick names at me and I have to pick yes or no, pound or die. A pound or drown right then and there. I mean, I'm loving the pound nation like vibe right now. There, there's a lot of zeal going on. Everyone's dropping these amazing thesis picks. They're putting time in, they're putting the research in, and that's what we want. Like we're trying to show you guys, you know, this is how you have to do the research for the names you want to get into. Like throwing a ticker symbol is what? Like I get sent a million tickers a day. I don't read any of them unless there's information under it. It's just not worth my time. And it's not worth your time either. Like It's like doing your own due diligence. You have to be able to read something to do that. So the way we do it, and just for you guys to know, if you want your name picked, first of all, you gotta know that like you you know what kind of names we like, right? So it's cater it to that or cater to something that's maybe not something that we pound already or even a sector that we pound already, but you know spade is a spade, opportunity cost to capital, all that will make a pick great, whatever it is. But if you give a couple sentences and we like it just off of that, like I'll start digging. I'll start digging and maybe three hours later, I figure it out that this is gonna be a 20 thirty bagger and then we pounded, and and it's because of you guys. So the more you give us, the more we'll give back. So we love when you guys do that. Without further ado, let's talk about this first thesis pick. Ticker symbol Tiger T-I-G-R, American Pepe at Pickles Blue is the one who pounded this for us. So this is actually up FinTech Holdings at Pickles Blue, sick name, don't know why pickles are blue, but cool. Uh, That's the one we're picking this week, and it's a lot of good reasons why. It's got a spade as a spade, it's doing what we like. It's got another theme to it, obviously. So what do you think?
0: Well, first and foremost, I've always wanted to see a blue pickle, just like I've always wanted to see a blue duck. So shout out Billy Madison. But I'm loving this uh, animal theme we got going here. We got we got <laughs> lions, we got tigers, hopefully no bears, because we're very bullish here. But. I'm very curious to see what you like about
1: it. Yeah, I mean, so here's the thing. We've been screaming Futu from like the 20s and I'm gonna keep screaming Futu and the market finally listened to us cause it was up 40 something, 42% on the week. So right off the bat, people opened their eyes and said, hey, maybe I should listen to Pine the table. This is now the second most talked about name on FinTwit, which makes sense. But really here, Tiger is a space to space comparison here. So it's a Chinese broker, similar to Futu. They got excellent rev and user growth. Weekly breakout on the chart and China stocks rebounding with friendlier administration now. They have an iBanking department that's taken some Chinese SPACs public recently. Their third quarter revenue jumped 148% year over year. And even that was higher than the quarter before, which increased 122% year over year. So that was what the person wrote for the thesis pick how am i not going to dive in for 5 hours on that full disclosure i already own the shares from 8 last week i just needed to dive in more before getting a bigger position but right like i see somebody pounding a name that i'm about to pound anyway that's already a thesis pick and you get all the good re- like that's all i needed to see right a few sentences perfect and i'll add some more color here for you guys they just opened their millionth account in october huge huge buying i saw recently right like you look at that you look at that volume in the last like 4 or 5 days people were buying hand over fist so You might say, hey, Tony, why are you going to pound this now, dude? Like, it's already up a lot. Well, you know, it is up a lot, but did you see why it's up a lot? It didn't just spike on no volume. It didn't spike on fake news. They crushed earnings. People paid attention. People got in, and then they see how well Futu did, and obviously this runs with the same theme of we're buying China names because everyone's wrong on China names right now. And Bob is going to go to 300. So this is all in the same little like line of all that. And that's my favorite thing. So that's the reason it's up so much. So just a 10 here, knowing it was just a 23, not long ago, right. They got this mobile first strategy like Robin hood and food have, which I've obviously been killing it. Investor education, community discussion, let you support your trades across multiple currencies, products, markets, Execution venues and clearinghouses, right? Like there is so much pie to go around in the investing and brokering world of the retail Robin Hood traders that are coming into the market now. I think it's stupid to not consider the fact that there's gonna be a ton of these companies crushing it, right? Like all these sectors and industries, they go in the same style, right? So you got the big beast Tesla, for example, which crazy move, pound the table. That was my first pound of all time. Like Around hundred, right? So that's where pounding the table began. Tesla is my baby for life, but then all the other less intelligent smart car companies that are EV came out and started pounding the table on themselves. And you got Neo, you got fifteen other ones. That's how all this starts, right? So you have the E trades, you've got the Fidelities, the, you know the old dogs, and now you got the young calves who are coming in. They're the ones just grazing the pastures, getting everyone to look at them. And these things are going to be the way the way that you invest. Nobody wants to talk to your client representative. You wanna talk to your friends, like, bro, what'd you buy? Did you buy Tesla? Did you sell Tesla? You want these social mobile interfacing apps. Like this is what you want because that's Mm -hmm. how people trade. What do we buy? Stocks that everyone talk about. Think about the way that the market's rolling, right? We see a ton of names get talked about. We look into those names those names are the ones that become the love names those names explode how do you do that through these apps right and these things are just getting started right so you have no idea what they're going to become like, these are not just us apps at all the fact that they're worldwide all over that's huge and you see like we've got these similar themes going right ipoe sofi that galileo powers robin hood powers SoFi. i mean it's all just connected right you think the big goldman sachs dogs are leading the market Woof, woof, there's a new dog in town.
0: So you think uh, this tiger is going to
1: earn its stripes Mm -hmm. here, Tony? Uh, Obviously. We're throwing so many puns in here. It's like making me laugh. (laughs) Yeah, I I I got more. I got more. I got more. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm I'm a big fan of it. I'm a big fan of it. Like, I'm going to keep adding. Like, those numbers crush it. Cheap valuation. I mean, dude, there's just so much room to go for all this. So many slices of the pie to go around. This is not done.
0: I love it. I also love you bringing in some animals into the mix too with uh, the dogs. We got another dog. B-I-N-G-O. Bingo was his name-o. Oh, is the ticker <laughs> symbol is B-N-G-O. It's genomics. One of your favorite spots, Tony. <laughs> no more animal jokes after yeah, this, this, but this is, is awful. fun. <laughs> one of your favorite
1: spots, dude. I got to block out this entire episode and put it for – this is awful. But anyway, we're going to give another thesis pick, honorary thesis pick, because this one's ran a lot recently. So looking to get a better Entry, even though you know, I think that it's still not overvalued in the slightest at this level, I think there's no value in the genomics sector at all, right? Like, and by no value, I mean, like, if you assume a valuation, then you have no know nothing, right? You should give any infinite valuation to it. So, the bio ticker symbol B N G O was his name, oh, all right, Avi. And this pick, I was not that excited about until I really dug in, which I did like a couple hours ago. And dude, I'm screaming the table. So, here we go bio nanogenomics. At MT67 and at Wasubasu, cool Twitter names there. Those That's are the sick. guys who pounded it, and yeah, gave a nice thesis, couple sentences that got me interested right away. Like I've been hearing about this name a little bit on Twitter, haven't dug the time, like, haven't took the time to dig into it yet. But really, gonna start pounding the table here, and I'll tell you what they said. They just clocked that Vanguard and Oppenheimer didn't sell when it went to seven, but Vanguard bought five million shares at fifty cents. That's over 70 million profits yet, but they didn't sell at that price. So that means that they think it's going higher. And think about it for a minute. BNGO has got a lot of catalysts coming, right? So they're a few days away from getting their compliance with the NASDAQ. So that's like two days. And you know what happens? Like uplistings are like the most bullish thing ever, right? Because there's so many funds that don't buy stuff that's on OTC. There's so much money that can't even touch those names until they get uplisted onto the NASDAQ or whatever. NYS Like has to be on somewhere for them to be able to buy because they're just not going to buy in the over-the-counter market the same size at all. You got the genomic symposium from January 11th to 15, FDA approval coming for this thing. The new CFO previously worked at Tesla and their Sapphire program outperforms pretty much almost anything else in the category of what they're doing, (laughs) their specific part of genomics. So this uh, Sapphire system, I think it's called Sapphire, maybe it's Sapphire, but Sapphire sounds cooler. Is a platform for ultra sensitive and ultra specific structural variation detection, enabling researchers and clinicians to accelerate the search for new diagnostics and therapeutic targets and to streamline the study of changes in chromosomes, which is known as cytogenics. Okay, so this is sick. This is really cool. I think this is just like one of the legs of the tons of legs that are in this genomic sector that we're going to start seeing build, right? Like it's a slowly, it's like, it's like an anthill, right? slowly developing, but then soon we're going to step in this thing and it's going to suck. And all I know is that it went up a ton, but fair value here is still, I don't care. You know, like I don't care about the genomics value. It's how much will I pay to live five years longer or to not have a limp when I grow? I don't know. Whatever it's going to be that whatever they can fix for me, I'll pay anything for it. If there's anything wrong. So they're going to do $161 million in REV in 2025 and $81 million in profits estimated for that area. So that's 50% gross margins on a genomics company. That's only worth $700 million market cap. That's about to get uplisted to the NASDAQ and it's just going to be, this thing is just like ready to roll. So I'm pounding the table and they got this meeting that, okay, ARK Invest is very interested in them. And so you know that ARK right now has a meeting scheduled with BNGO CEO. They're talking to the CEO. Why are they talking to anyone unless there's a reason to talk to somebody about something that they're going to do together? So what do you think? ARK's going to buy it. That's it. End the story discussion. Pound the table on that. Kathy's not buying it now because it's not completely compliant, uplisted on NASDAQ yet. Just wait for it. It's $4 now. Look at the other valuations of some of these genomics companies that have no idea when they're going to even make a damn penny. And this thing is about to make money in yeah four years but who cares like four years for life and generations of things changing like pound the table bingo was his damn name <laughs>
0: Tony, you are absolutely fired up right now. And so the next section is going to chill you out just a little bit because we're talking weed stocks. And this is an ETF. We don't really talk too much about ETFs. So I really found it interesting when we were looking and it had all of our favorite names in it. So walk through why you love this next weed stock uh, ETF called MSOS. MSOS.
1: Yeah, Avi, I'm, I'm definitely really fired up right now, and but this is definitely a good transition for me to calm down a little bit as we talk about cannabis stocks, right? So Advisor Shares Pure U.S. Cannabis ETF, ticker symbol MSOS, that's really going to be the one that has all the names that we've ever talked about in weed on this podcast at all, right? Like we've pounded a ton of names. It's hard to be invested in like five or six different weed names that are all great, that are you know, moving in Florida or Pennsylvania or New Jersey or whatever it may be, but if you want to be getting into pretty much everything that's going on in the US weed market, this is this is the ETF for you, right? So it's got some great top holdings and they're really concentrated, right? So they don't have like 50 kind of like some great, some crap holdings. Like they've got 10 beasts that make up the majority of the portfolio and a few stragglers. So here are the beasts, TCNNF, right? So that's uh, Trueleaf, 11.19%, one of our biggest pounds, right? Curlf 9.66%, that's a pound. Also, GTBIF 9.35%, CRBLF 8.7%. That's a Van Man pound. He's the one who gave us like most of these wheat stocks from the U.S. TRSSF huge thesis pick pound, right? That one went insane this year, like 200%. They own 5.4% of that in their fund pound. There, IIPR love that one. That one pays a dividend too. And they got a bunch of other ones, even obvious to Columbia care, right? They got a big portion of that in there as well. I know right? I can't leave it <laughs> off. And of course they have the picks and shovels, which is grow generation GR WG, which we pounded the table on too. So if you don't really care about which one wins, you just know that this legalization is going to get big all over the US, which obviously it will. If you don't think with the blue wave, that's going to happen you've been definitely taking too much of this medication. So I'm gonna pound the table on MSOS. Avi, what do you say? I say we give that one a pound shake, a mix of all of these different cannabis stocks we love. And,
0: (laughs) you know, those who know, you know what I'm saying? That's the pound shake for us. But Tony, we just said, like, calm down a little bit, man, you're still fired up, even though we talked about weed stocks is there's got to be something else for you
1: easily. And that's why we're definitely pounding the table on KM relief and 5e hemp right here, right. So CBD is a great use. I think that's gonna get huge all over the country. And I think a lot of people need it, right? Not everyone wants to get high with cannabis stocks, right? So that's definitely an alternative that helps out most people, right? So I mean, out of all these things that we got sent, I I gave some to my dad, he has trouble sleeping, he fell asleep like a baby. I am up till like six in the morning cramming on stocks sometimes and like no way to calm down and sleep because I'm drinking Celsius. And so (laughs) this is a perfect thing to balance that out. So Pound the table on it. I know you got some cool stuff, Avi. What do you think?
0: They actually love this stuff. So they sent me soap. They sent me gummies. My favorite thing they sent me, they have like chili olive oil, which you can actually cook with. So I love this company. They definitely get a pound from me. The company, again, is KM Relief. They are pure hemp CBD. They also have another brand, Fifth Element. So you guys can go to their websites. It's KMRelief.com. Use the promo code, capital PTT2021. You guys can get 50% off. So go ahead, check it out. We also have to give a quick shout out. I know we had about 50 DMs of everyone asking, you know, what is that outro song you guys have? So it's actually a custom song, which is probably why you guys have not been able to find it on Shazam or whatever tools you guys are using. But a buddy of mine, Andrew Finkelstein, a.k.a. Fink, he started this company called Songwrite Club. So what they do is they have over 100 professional songwriters and producers. And it's by the rapper Steej and his Instagrams call me Steej. And the producers are the pushers, and this is absolutely really cool. If you guys have any questions about it, check it out songwriterclub.com, or you can visit them on Instagram at songwriterclub as well. Uh, and these guys are no slouches; they like they produce stuff for a lot of famous artists. So, got to give a shout out to my boy Fink there. And you know, we want to wrap up this episode. I know it's a little bit different than usual, but we're super super excited about this year we got a lot more coming besides the podcast, as we mentioned, with the newsletter coming up. So go to poundingthetablepodcast.com if you guys want to sign up.
1: Uh Tony, as always, my man, why don't you wrap it up for us? Yeah, we just got to be doing a little bit of this housekeeping right now just to make sure everyone makes sure they can get and know where to get everything that we're going to be dropping in the near future. So. Love all you guys for joining us in the last year. And then we're going to make this year even better. There's no way I'm not going to pound the table harder this year. And there's no way I'm not going to make sure that Avi does the same. So with that being said, pounders, get ready for next week. It's going to be epic, I think. And I think every other week's going to be epic. So from us to you, pound it. I'm getting too hyped now. I'm like jumping around in my seat. Because I was just, dude, I pounded the table just now.
0: Drip on a hundred bitch, ain't less that's me. Y'all on level one, I'm level three Pounding on the table for my team Every night I flex, I'm making big moves That's a-